Yep, I'm here hosting an episode of Not Your Ordinary Coach with Chet Hirani. Someone to let you know that, you know, one, you're not wasting money. Um, Two, you're maintaining them so you don't have to take them month after month. And three, which would probably be number one, is what's the purpose of taking them in the first place? Love it. That's true. I mean, it's always always good. And that's another thing that has been a a hot topic on, on, on a lot of my shows as well. It's that people genuinely genuinely start taking things without realizing what they t- what what it's what it's actually doing good f- what mm-hmm. good it's doing for them and they don't ask you know, simply if you just ask a, a, an expert in mm-hmm. what it is and you'll get the answer and then they'll basically also be able to tell you whether it's either a good thing or a bad thing or whether you actually need it yeah yeah and, and that's think- very important <clears throat> It is. It's so important. And you know what? Like I said, I I was in a talk the other day on Clubhouse and they were talking about gut health. I was the only one that was against probiotics. You know, everyone's like, no, it's this, it's that. And I was like, look, we're all going to work in different ways. We're all going to see results. But this is my way, mainly because I read I read the studies and there's still not enough there for me to tell my clients to spend £1,200 a month on them, yeah. um, especially when you don't know what, what they're doing. Like I said, they serve a purpose. Um, but, yeah, always getting clear on, on the why. And I think, sadly, you know, supplements, many of them aren't regulated. And, you know, with our algorithms, even, on Instagram, if you follow gut <laughs> yeah. health, guess what's going to pop up? You're going to have test your stool for £200. Then you're going to go to the doctor and they're going to think, you're crazy like mm-hmm. what are you bringing me this paperwork for you're going to be recommended you know the best fiber supplement and the best probiotic supplement so you know people like I said people want to be healthy so they're going to try but we need to really start switching the mentality from the you know quick fix to sustainability no that's good I mean then what about when we when we talk about sort of supplements how would somebody sort of you can you can obviously get those from a natural um by your foods etc as well right is that mm-hmm. something that you would always sort of encourage people first to make sure they look at their sort of overall diets to get it naturally and then even almost keep sort of a, a list or a diary of something to actually then they can understand yeah. what the differences are i mean it's it's a tough one sometimes mm-hmm. i have clients that are lazy i'll put yeah. it out there they're lazy yeah, of course, yeah. so i know that getting a supplement into them is the easiest way at this time i would love isn't it (laughs) yes yes it's a quick Mm -hmm. fix but at the same time you know if we need to i don't know boost calcium for some reason you know or whatever it's magnesium or vitamin d um or not vitamin d really from food from food sources something say vitamin c right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i want to boost those we can do that very easy through different fruits and veg and leafy greens it's very very easy to increase that vitamin c however it's like the most popular supplement Right. And we just spoke about how 70% of the immune system is in the gut, right? (laughs) So it's it's kind of looking at that and putting it into perspective. So supplements versus food, I would always go food first, but be realistic. I don't really take supplements every day. I mean, I am vegan. So certain ones that are in my daily diet, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's like 
um, my B12 and uh, my omega-3s. But for most people, I recommend these. But I would take a multivitamin when I'm on holiday. When I'm away Mm -hmm. from eating my normal routine, I take supplements. That's when they serve a purpose for me personally. If people are working a 50 to 75 hour work week, yes, get those supplements. If you're not making time for lunch, if you're not eating balanced meals. So I think it's always good to, to look at the overall lifestyle, but definitely try to increase as many, you know, whole foods into your diet as you can. Excellent. Okay. And there's one thing that I'm, I spotted, which is I'm going to ask you about this as well, is that I spotted mm. on Instagram, in fact, and it's about gluten. <laughs> right? So what is gluten and should we be avoiding this or not? Oh, it's so funny. I got so many hate mails. <laughs> I'm so sure many you hate- did. <laughs> I know. And it's, there's two sides. It's, it's like a double-edged sword. Yeah. Um, so gluten as a whole, is the protein found in wheat grain it's Mm -hmm. the protein found in there and i believe the reason why we can't or struggle to digest these foods now is because we messed up man Mm -hmm. messed up we had these grains you know that we would be milling the flour and making this bread and sharing small portions not like what we're eating now small portions (laughs) But, you know, bread is is part of many cultures. Yeah. You know, even biblically, you have bread, you pass a bit, you rip it off. Like that was almost like our, our come together comfort food. And I think that still kind of is very relevant to today. Bread is still very much a comfort food. But someone came around maybe 10 years ago that was like, you know, it's the devil. It's the devil. Bread is the devil. And I don't know how they really got away with it. I think it may have been, was it the belly bloat or the bloated belly, the book? Um, by, I think it, I think it was even written by a doctor, um, which, you know, means that you've got the credentials. However, are they trained in nutrition? No, they're not a nutritionist. They're exactly. a doctor. But they've got that title to, you know, say I've written a, doc- I've written a book and I'm a doctor. But this book spoke about the bloat and it was only a few pages on bread it was telling you so many foods to remove it was like it was a ridiculous diet by the time you got through it you're like oh I can eat about four foods now great and then I won't be bloated so I think from that book it's now been you know demonized um and gluten as a whole when we eat in bread you know bread gives us b vitamins it's a good source of fiber But since the 50s, I think when Wonder Bread came in, they kind of Mm. removed the bran, made it really white and fluffy, shelf stable. Um, That, I believe, has been a game changer for us because we are many people are unable to digest the gluten. They notice that they get bloated. They notice that they're heavy. They notice that they put on weight, although that's debatable. Um, It's very hard to pinpoint one particular food that's making you put on weight. But there we go. and now people are cutting it out. And even with that, I think I think the gluten-free industry is like 67 billion or something, which serves a purpose if you are celiac. Celiac yeah. disease, I think it's like 1% of the population yeah. has celiac, which means you can never, never, I'm sorry to say, never eat bread because mm-hmm. it's an autoimmune disease and it messes with your immune system, basically, long story short. If you are gluten sensitive, if you have a gluten sensitivity or intolerance, 
then you may find that it's better for you to avoid it. If it's not an allergy, it's something that can fluctuate. I find with people that are intolerant, they can eat flatbread, but when they eat this type of bread, they get bloated. Okay, then that's Mm -hmm. not the gluten, right? That's different. Something's Mm -hmm. not balancing out there. So some people remove it, rightly so, but my whole ethos is to remove, heal, then reintroduce. Saying that, are I, am I, rather, proper English, am I going to recommend my clients to be eating King's Mill or Wonder Bread all the time? No, there's much better offers for bread. So it's more about quality than quantity. If you can get that seeded bread, like all those different types of fibers, that's going to help you out. It's also going to keep you full, right? White breads. I mean, I have so much white bread back in class. So I could eat like five slices and it's doing nothing. There's no fiber there. Yeah. You know, you have one piece of toast because you're hungry. Guess what? Still hungry. Yeah. And you keep going. So I think it's definitely looking at the quality over quantity. Is it something that we desperately need to remove? No. If you're not having a problem with it, no. But looking at your source of bread, and um if it's something that you're up and down with working with someone so you can enjoy it without being in pain or cramps etc lovely i mean yeah i mean that clearly i mean for those who are listening about gluten there's your answer um (laughs) it it's just it's it's just like when you're allergic to a particular type of fruit you don't know which fruit it is right but you're not going to stop all fruits are you yeah i mean it's it's so (laughs) tough and i think also the difference intolerance means that you flare up an allergy is like it's in your blood there's no there's no Mm -hmm. going back so i think that's also you know people are confused about intolerances and allergy and they use them interchangeably you know if someone has a peanut allergy that's one to definitely not get confused right oh there's a little (laughs) bit of peanut in there sorry like no it just can't happen right so um i think people are are confused they they you know we're avoiding gluten okay well what is gluten oh well you know um uh, you know, if people people don't know what it is, but they're avoiding it, you know, and I think that's where it always comes back to the education again, finding out why why you're removing that from, from your diet. And also, is it actually the bread? You know, is it because you're having, I don't know, some, what do people have as sandwiches? Ham and, yeah. <laughs> obviously I'm not a sandwich person, but yeah. you know, if you have a sandwich, <laughs> yeah. could it be that something else and not necessarily the bread? Or could it be that, your microbiome is just out of out of whack and can't and can't handle so it. True. But yeah. we know that the microbiome can change. It does mm-hmm. change within two to four days. So instead of avoiding the bread for five years, try to support the microbiome. I think that's always a good place to come back to. Awesome. Awesome. And then you touched on a bit, you touched on bloatedness as well. Um, I mean, whatever anyone eats that you've got, you've always, I mean, I hear this quite often as well from other people who say, I'm feeling bloated today right yeah um so i mean what is bloatedness and then how how can it actually be reduced then if if that's what people are continuously saying because you hear it quite often yeah and and this is it and it it is really really common it Mm -hmm. is really common it's common for for people to to be constipated it's common Mm -hmm. for people to have to run to the toilet um and i think it is still sadly a taboo conversation so people don't talk about it and when we look at something like constipation you know people suffering with constipation over long periods of time are at a higher risk of things like colon cancer that's huge so when we tell ourselves you know like oh you know it's only constipation so you know if if it is something that's been causing you an issue for a while 
going to seek her advice from your healthcare professional because both ways if you're dealing with loose stools uh, you could be you know losing lots of fluid you could be dehydrated you could not be absorbing those nutrients which means that you could be deficient down the line so I think all of these things um, are you know if you're dealing with them go and speak to someone first but with the bloating sadly it's still not looked at as a problem um, right, which okay. how I kind of look at clients is if we can nip it in the bud now then it reduces your risk of IBS it reduces your risk of possible ulcers it reduces your risk of like mentioned colon cancer down the lines so it's like preventative what can we do to support that now and bloating well we're looking at the microbiome these bacterias they digest your food uh, when we're looking at so your stomach's digesting your food when we're eating fibers different types of fibers fruits veg nuts seeds beans legumes herbs spices mm -hmm. all fibers go into the stomach digest and then what we know is the fiber kind of bulks store, right? So bulks, and um, we have been under this impression for many years that just kind of clears everything out. And yeah. then, you know, you have your bowel movement and then off you go. But what we're learning is that's not exactly 100% true. Of course, it is clearing out the, um, the small intestine, going into the large intestine. But these bacterias that are found there, known are known to you know when we feed prebiotics into the system they produce this byproduct known as short chain fatty acids and this is kind of food for the gut they are they are able to create their own food and these short chain fatty acids have the ability to lower our cholesterol levels to support our heart health to communicate with our brain um to reduce inflammation so this is this is huge it's not just clearing out everything it's also yeah. working in unison with these 39 trillion different bacterias but when we eat certain types of foods this is not for everyone but certain types of fibers can ferment more than other fibers and oh, these right. bacterias produce more kind of different gases so like methane and this methane in some can trigger bloating for not for all so some people can eat the foods they might feel a little bit gassy but then you know half an hour later it's gone where some people might be bloated for hours if not throughout the next couple of days so it's this kind of build up of these gases this fermentation which means that the bacteria are kind of doing what they need to do but you're seeing that kind of that uh after effect and that's when people are dealing with the bloating but this can also be because there's an imbalance of good and bad bacteria so something that we call uh, dysbiosis this imbalance which can also cause bloating but what we can do is when we kind of get the grips of that we can start to balance those out because those bacteria are very adaptable and they're there as always our body's always trying to heal the best way it can but it often needs our help and our guidance to get us back to that kind of equilibrium and that's the problem isn't it it's it's the body needing your help <laughs> it's your own body and you're actually in this yeah. is shouting to say right i need your help i need your help sort something out right definitely um, <laughs> and also learning the body's language right yeah. like sometimes we we see a food i mean most of us even if you're untuned with your body you'll see something whether it's a massive cake or whatever and you'll be like i'm not going to feel good after that like you yeah. you know you know mm -hmm. so maybe that means that you go for a slightly smaller piece mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe it means you go for something else and then you yeah. come back to that 
but then it's getting more and more in tune with that you know and difference you know are you hungry or are you thirsty all of these things when you get clear on what the body's asking for and not all the time but in many cases you know we, we do know what it feels like to be thirsty we do know what it feels like to need the toilet these are all things that are like intuitive that we learn yeah. over a period of time um but with foods i don't know we're a bit more resistant and i think also advertising doesn't help you know we're driving by and oh i see this i really fancy that now so all of those mixed messages doesn't help um but i think yeah really trying to listen to what your body's telling you and you know going with your gut so that ties in nicely with um we were talking about the brain obviously the body and then you're obviously the most one of the most important things that i saw i personally believe in as well is sleep right mm. it's like i mean so how how important would you say is sleep and what are your tips on actually getting better sleep for people who are struggling because this all has an effect somewhere somewhere along the line yeah definitely and um huge 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 importance of sleep you know i sometimes meet people that <laughs> almost wish they didn't have to sleep <laughs> yeah i'm sure yourself yeah. running a business yeah you know business entrepreneurs and people working in business or running their own thing it's like you've got so much to do mm-hmm. and there's only 24 hours in a day um, and as I always hear that, you know, well, Richard Branson only has 24 hours. True. But, you know, you need to get your sleep in that 24 hours. Otherwise, you're going to deal with something known as burnout. Um, if it's not a heart attack, you know, or some other symptom um, of overworking and overstressing out the body. And I think why it's so important to talk about sleep as a whole is, you know, the body is constantly regenerating new cells constantly. You know, even if you shut the door and something caught your arm and you had a scratch or something, your body's going to go into regeneration. It knows mm-hmm. it needs to heal. And when we're asleep, it kind of allows all of those things to happen in, you know, almost in a break mode, in a relaxed mode. So if you are eating really late before bed, then your body is going to be in digest mode, yeah. not in relaxed mode. Mm-hmm. And many people snack before bed or have something before bed Uh, i had a client recently that was like oh i just you know i just constantly she's got a little baby i think a toddler just has a bowl of cereal before she goes to bed all the time it's this habit that she's got herself into where it was like do you need the cereal when we kind of looked at that needs versus wants no not really it's just this kind of habit mm-hmm. that she's got herself into and there's nothing wrong with the cereal and it could have been fruit it could have been whatever but it's the fact that you're about to shut the body down you know shut the body down kind of but not um shut the eyes down should we say and here you are turning back on the switch for your digestive system so i think it's really good to to know that when the body is working on all these other symptoms your body's going to be less in a rested state, uh, which yeah. means you're not going to feel as refreshed in the morning. Your body's not going to be able to kind of do what it needs to do when it's asleep. Um, so can you eat a little bit earlier? Can you try to finish eating three hours before you go to bed and then maybe just stick to, I don't know, a herbal tea or something, uh, just liquids before bed? And um, I see now, you know, we're in a social social media kind of time in our lives <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know if it will ever come down i don't think it yeah. will i think it's going <laughs> it's up. yeah um but we have our phones all the time you know i 
sometimes really try to shut down emails on certain days of the week where I'm like, oh, look at it in the morning. But people think nothing of sending late emails or even I'll type them. And I used to type them and kind of just send them in the morning. But even now I've got into that stage where I'm like, oh, I'll just send it at half 11. I'm still working. It's fine. They'll get it in the morning. Yeah. But we're constantly working. You know, yeah. then we go to bed and then to, to wind down, we're kind of scrolling through our phones. Like it's it's the worst thing. But even I am guilty of doing it. So that backlight is slowing down the melatonin production. If you're dealing with sleep issues, I mean, if you're not, then fair enough, knock yourself out if you feel as if you're sleeping well. Most people don't feel as if they're sleeping well or they sleep well, but they don't feel well rested in the morning. That's the same thing. You can say I'm knockout. If you wake up and have to keep double tapping snooze, then you're exhausted. Your body is exhausted. So that light on the phone could be switched to, I think it's like night light. I think it's more blue blue more of a cooler light um so it allows that release of melatonin and melatonin is released between two to four hours before we go to sleep and that is known as our sleep hormone and that's kind of derived from a neurotransmitter so we want to encourage that and that release you know makes us sleep at night and keeps us away in the daytime so shutting things down like turning off your big light in your room and having lamps on shutting the curtains, getting blackout blinds if you need, uh, but looking into ways that you can tell your mind that it's starting to get dark now and we can start releasing that melatonin. Same thing with the food. We are learning that melatonin and insulin kind of have this relationship and our insulin uh, you know, is released when we have uh, carbohydrates yeah. to try and balance that insulin levels. So if we are having sweet things at night or high amounts of carbs at night, your pancreas is going to be producing insulin when the pancreas is supposed to be calming down. down. Yeah. <laughs> so you can start to, you know, produce that melatonin. So yeah. that's another thing. If we're even having, you know, just a couple of pieces of chocolate before bed, you know, all those yeah. things, if you were dealing with poor sleep, trying to cut back on the sugar before bed and maybe even I know how you dessert, your dessert yeah. before your dinner, right? Like something like that, yeah. um, that you can kind of bring back that balance of releasing the melatonin um, and getting that good night's sleep. That was wicked. I mean, awesome. I mean, everything. It's just lovely how it sort of all just ties in together, right? Like it is just about sort of, it's not just about your gut, but it's whole body, right? But then 70% of it is where it is. Um, and yeah, you've just summed it all up. And I really do hope that all of this information, like listeners, you have taken huge value from it because I have. It's like, I'm a sucker. I do like a bit of chocolate at the, in the evenings, right? I'm going to hold my hands up to it, right? Although I do say to myself that, I mean, I, I stay sort of regularly sort of work out, try and stay as healthy as I possibly can, but mm. I'm still a bit of a sucker to that sweet thing. And But I know that I can just turn it off. And now I know that, you know what, you just don't need it. And just have that. Yeah. And I think, I think that's it too, isn't it? And it's enjoying it. Like, I think one of the best feedbacks I get from, from clients is like, oh my gosh, you've told me so many foods that I can eat, not foods that I shouldn't eat. And I think there's, you know, there's a lot of 
there's a lot to be said about that mm -hmm. and I mean it's a little bit of reverse psychology that I trick them ever so slightly but you know if you're eating the foods that nourish you if you're eating foods that are high in fiber that are known to feed the gut microbiome it's the fiber that keeps us full when you're full and we know that when you're more full you're less likely to crave those sugars because those sugars are to give us energy if you want it because you enjoy it that's a different story but you'll find that if you are one who is craving sugar at certain times of the day go back what did you have for lunch did you have any fiber on your plate if at all what did you have for breakfast did you have cornflakes and milk which contain 0.5 grams of fiber can you switch that to a bowl of oats with raspberries and nuts and seeds, which is going to give you maybe 10 grams of fiber, like plus X amount of protein on top. That's what's going to help you throughout the day. Not looking at chocolate and then being like, oh, maybe I'll get this awful sugar-free chocolate that tastes like crap, right? That's mm -hmm. never going to fill that void. But if you can keep retracing, kind of going back, what did I have for dinner last night? Oh, yeah, kind of did eat dinner because I skipped. So you're hungry from the night before. Then you have something with no fiber for breakfast. And that's usually the cycle that I see. So it's like not depriving yourself, but getting in those fruits, veg, beans, nuts, legumes, seeds and spices. Awesome. Awesome. And I know, thank you very much for that, um, Simone. So um, where can people go and find out more about you and what you what, what you do? <clears throat> Yeah, I think the best bet usually is through Instagram. I find that the websites don't even matter now. So I'm just going to Instagram account. <laughs> yeah. So um, it comes under my business name is Ms. Holistic. So MS Holistic or joint. And yeah, you can find me on Instagram uh, or straight on my website too, which is just uh, misholistic.com. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay. And on that, on that note, then I just want to say thank you for being part of the show. Um, a lot of sort of value out there. Um, and I hope the listeners have taken this all on board as well. And if you guys have got any questions, just uh, contact um, Simone at MissHolistic.com or on Instagram as well. You can DM her and um, I'm sure she'll be there to help you. And just look, reach out, guys. Um, you're going to get a lot of information and a lot of advice from her as well. So thanks again, Simone. Yeah, thank you so much for having me chat and for spreading, you know, there's these these vibes. So, um, yeah, it's really good to have a chat with you. And, um, yeah, sure the best. Great stuff. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget, leave a comment or email me at getintouch at notyourordinarycoach.com. That's getintouch at notyourordinarycoach.com. And most importantly, download and subscribe to the show. See you all on the next episode of Not Your Ordinary Coach with Chet Hirani. And one other thing before I forget is one thing to remember, version one is better than version none.